coming this summer. From the producers of the South Richfield Podcast, South Richfield Story. South Richfield comes to Broadway as Matt Coma and Scott Luther produce the ultimate new Broadway hit, South Richfield Story. Who can forget this hit? South Richfield, I just moved out here to South Richfield. I heard a rooster crow and suddenly I know I'm in South Richfield, I just moved out here to South Richfield. They close Vans Pharmacy, how will I treat my VD? South Richfield. And also the classic. I like to be in South Richfield. Okay, by me in South Richfield. Everything free in South Richfield. I, I have, have to, to be, be in South, South Richfield. Richfield. And don't forget, I feel charming from this farming. It's alarming how charming I know, so disarming. I think I just heard a rooster crow. Yes, South Richfield story coming soon. Hi, I'm Ward Freeman, and you're about to listen to the latest episode of the South Richfield Podcast with your hosts, Scott Luther and Matt Coma. Welcome to the South Richfield Podcast Show. I'm your host, Scott Luther, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Matt Coma. Hey, Matt. Hey, Scott. Hey, everybody in podcast land. We, uh, we want to thank Ward Freeman and his family for the wonderful introduction that they sent us. Ward's birthday was last week, so happy belated birthday to Ward. Yeah, happy birthday, Ward. What is he now, about 70? 71? Yeah, something like that. He's uh, you know, he he was held back a few years in high in uh, elementary school, and he was. I know. I got all my beer from him in in high school. Yeah, and he bought me cigarettes too. I never, uh, I never asked, but I'm sure he would have done it for me too. Oh, oh, he was a solid guy. He was a solid guy. Good old. Used to hold my stash for me. (laughs) (laughs) But I always come back half. But I figured, you know, that's the cost of doing business with Ward. Oh, man. So, uh, I have to let you all know, uh, it is a Sunday night. Usually we record these on Thursday night. We did record a, uh, a show on Thursday night, but we had some technical issues, and we had to scrap the whole thing. So, we're back again, and uh, we're going to probably rehash a lot of the same material we talked about Thursday night. <laughs> But nobody's going to know the difference. Exactly, except that we just told them. But you know what the problem was, is it went long, and we went into past midnight on Thursday night under Friday. And if you if you look at your calendar, it was Thursday the 12th, so that means that it was Friday the 13th when we wrapped everything up. And that, I think, that and my incompetence with 
microphones. That is why, but mostly Friday the 13th. Yeah. That's why things got messed up. Yeah, for sure. I mean, we, we talked over three hours, which is kind of, I, uh, I don't know what we talked about for three hours, but and we would never. But there was probably at least 12, 13, 14 good minutes in there that we yeah. could have used. We, we could have used. Usually we try to get it down to 30 or 40 minutes. We went three hours hoping to get, it took us three hours to get 30 or 40 minutes. So one thing we we're going to talk about real quick was uh, the Revere Schools facilities being upgraded. There's going to be a levy in November. And uh, Matt, it looks like the Board of Education has narrowed it down to one option. And it looks like a good one. What do they got? What are they going to build? So they want to um, replace the high school and replace Bath with new schools. So pretty much knock knock down those two buildings, build a new high school in that field just to the uh, just to the west of the existing high school. Okay. Knock, How about Bath? Is that going to be in the same spot, or are they going to bring it? They're going to put it down. Where the high school is. They're, <laughs> <laughs> they're going to put Bath in the same property but down in those fields kind of where the playground is now so they're okay. gonna they're gonna expand bath it looks like grades three through five roughly 620 students it says right now it's only four and five so it's going to be a lot bigger and then the high school will remain nine through twelve they'll do some renovations to the middle school and to hillcrest and build a new bus garage because that bus garage has been like that forever and it, yeah it's a dump <laughs> they do need some new facilities overall uh the high school opened in 1952 bath opened in 1923 uh just think of the savings they can get just from upgrading the uh the heating and cooling get new technology uh situated in there i think it'd be great for the district yeah, they won't have to have uh, wood-burning stoves in every classroom to keep the kids warm in winter. And the price of coal has gone through the roof, so that will help keep the heating down as well. So it looks like uh, they will not have a centralized campus, which I was kind of hoping, you know, do the thing where they'd move the middle school to the existing high school, move the intermediate school to the middle school, keep Hillcrest where it is, and, you know, maybe do some renovations and then build the new high school. But it looks like they're not going to do a centralized campus. They'll still have to drive, you know, the smaller children. They, they currently have to drive to Bath and then drive to Hillcrest to drop off the K through threes. So they're still going to have to do that, it looks like. Yeah, that's, uh, that's too bad. Um, our school district here, Anthony Wayne Schools, uh, it's kind of a similar setup, uh, but we have a central campus for once the kids get into fifth grade so it's fifth and sixth seventh and eighth and then the high school and let me tell you it's nice to have that centralized campus so when the kids activities are all localized you're only driving to one spot you're not driving all over the area take the kids here and there and maybe it was traffic concerns i'm not quite sure if they you know didn't want a lot of traffic congesting that area with you know both bath and hillcrest you know all the all the elementary uh students in one spot that could have been a concern all so, that tricycle traffic that, that was going to be there yeah, yeah. The, 
the big wheels, the green machines, <laughs> right? Every, everything, uh, you know, clogging up Everett and Revere roads. Because I tell you what, those little kids, they just don't yield. Yeah, and they should actually be thankful that, uh, you know, Ward has actually moved and is no longer living on Revere Road. You know, he, I think everybody on, on Revere Road is glad about that. He's in his late 70s now. and uh, right. Cranky as hell, <laughs> telling people to get off his lawn. Uh, so Property the, values have gone way up on Revere Road now that he's on. <laughs> So speaking of property values, the new proposed millage on on this project is 2.77 mills, which is roughly $193 per year, and that's the new millage. There's also current millage, which is 1.59 mills, that they're going to try to renew. That's I think expires this year or next year. So total millage would be 4.36, which is $25.41 per month for a home with a market value of $200,000. Well, as affluent an area as Richfield and Bath now are, I think those are the servants' quarters. <laughs> with $200,000 homes. Right. right. <laughs> <laughs> and if, I mean, if they if they do build these schools, they could attract more more people, and that well, mill, are, that mill is would drop. Are there more people moving in? Is that the issue? I, I don't think so. <laughs> They are laying off three kindergarten teachers next year because their kinder, incoming kindergarten class is about 60 students fewer than what they normally would see. There's not a lot of new developments coming coming in, and it seems to me like you've got an aging population in Richfield, at least. I don't know. I'm not that close to Bath. Rachel's making, <laughs> making thrusting noises at me. So she, I think, is saying, let's contribute to the kindergarten population and maybe try to have a baby. Oh. Hey, I, I think now that is some great podcast material. Yeah. I, really, that's what needs to happen for this is um, all you Richfieldites out there listening, all you Bathites out there listening, put on a Barry White album, get the fire cranked up, take your lady down by the fire, and do what comes naturally. And in five years' time, there'll be a baby boom in, in the Revere School District. Just and you guys can say you're all part of it. Yeah, just in time for new, new schools, hopefully. Right. We'll see what happens. Well, these sorts of things are always difficult to pass, but here's the thing about uh, a school levy. Nothing keeps the value of your home up higher or increases its value more than having good schools in your area. Right. Uh, as, the, as, as the school buildings degrade in in their condition other things degrade in, in the area as well and uh folks moving into the area well they have their choices where they're going to go you know where people are moving hinkley and sharon township out there to the highland schools they're they're becoming top notch oh do they build new schools out there i don't know <laughs> oh <laughs> they, they that's build, where everybody's moving huh? they built a new football stadium so that's what's important Right, I mean a new track, new football stadium. Who's, that, who's the powerhouse out in the suburban league? The powerhouse. Well, you know the suburb, suburban league has fifteen teams now. Uh, this, this was the really? first season. That, yeah, this is very. It was very exciting. They brought in Brexville. Hudson came back. Stowe. I never knew they left. Yeah, Stowe, Hudson. Hudson. Wow. Kent Roosevelt is in it now. So they have 15 teams. They kind of have a big school and a small school now, and Revere is in one of the small, 
Aurora's in it. That's got to be a huge it's, district then. It is. Or league. Well, I mean, it's a huge wow. league or conference. Uh, Rachel has a question. What is yeah. it, Rachel? Yeah, all these schools are in the league. Yeah. This is the first year. We're the only one with Alex Drain program. What's that? We're the only one with Alex Drain program. Uh, Rachel's concerned that Revere is the only school without a string program. Well, I will say this. I, my uh, my brother's kids go to Brexville, and I have seen some of their uh, kids' musical performances, and they are amazing. They are, and I'm talking even down to the elementary school level. They are amazing uh, production levels, production values at these at these schools. And I remember at, at Revere, it was. Well, comparatively, it was a lot of people, you know. Well, that was I'm sure 20, it's come a long way. I was going to say but, that was 20 uh, years ago. The music yeah. teachers do the best they can do with with what they are what they are given, I think. And actually, uh, Nolan had his music program for third grade uh, the other night, and it was great. They have two music teachers for Hillcrest, and there's like 600. There's over 600 kids in that building, so you've got four grades. They do a great job. Rachel is very supportive of the supportive of them since she's a music teacher herself. Yeah, a string program would be nice. We'll see. Maybe maybe with a levy and new buildings, maybe they can uh, bring in bring in new teachers to you know do a string program. I have no idea what it takes. Well, what it takes? I'll tell you what it takes. Okay, tell me. You, you need more babies in, <laughs> in the Revere School District. More babies. Yeah, you need more kids there. You need, you know, if if you're a Division three school, there's really no need to have that much emphasis on a string program. You might have, let's say, out of the population, one out of every hundred kids will play strings. So in every class, the class sizes are down to about what a hundred, uh, fifty, hundred sixty. So that's one and a half kids per grade. So you don't even have enough for a string quartet. <laughs> But you, you start making more babies, and you know pretty soon you'll have a, a whole octet. <laughs> you increase those class size, there'll be more kids that are interested, and you have uh, more programs that are are going to be available. It's so that. I think every every one of the one of these problems comes back to people needing to get down by the fire. Speaking of, that uh, can solve a lot of problems. Speaking of getting down by the fire and going back to this uh you're talking about the coal in the schools guess what i have this is kind of interesting up here in north richfield the northwest corner of richfield i have from the year 1899 to 1900 there's a one-room schoolhouse still standing at the corner of boston and broadview roads it was the district three hinkley school actually so even though it's kind of a Hinkley thing, it's also Richfield and Brexville Township at that point in time. It it, it kind of it kind of uh, what am I looking for? It was a school for all all those kids that lived well, around all the there. Kids in the area. What roads? What, where's this house located? Or the school located? Uh, it's on Boston Road, just west of Broadview. Boston Road. Just west of Broad, so there's still a building there, isn't there? Oh yeah, there. It, somebody's living in it. It does not have any siding on it. <laughs> it's, but I mean, so, it's still there. <laughs> and I have the uh, attendance records. It looks like from 1899. Yeah, this is really interesting. Oh. 
What, what, what's on there? Well, there's 13 children in the school that year, and five of them are my ancestors, the White family. My great-grandmother is on here. Her name is Eva White. She was 11 years old at the time. She missed five days of school and was tardy once, it looks like. <laughs> Her sister missed three whole months of school from October to December, so I think she may have been ill. I don't know what was going on, but wow. then she was she was there the rest of the time. Some of the so names that would be your great-aunt was ill? My great-great-aunt, it looks like. Great-great-aunt, yeah. okay. Yeah, my great-great-aunt. Uh, then my great-great-aunt Josephine's there. She was eight years old. My great-great-uncle Max was there. He's 13. There's also some other famous families that are are on this attendance sheet. The Bangs family. That intersection is known as Bangs Corners. And a young Harold Bangs, age 12, is, is there. Leighton Carter. Was it known as Bangs Corner back then? I think so. I think all the Bangs... That 12-year-old had to be saying... You're stepping into my house. Maybe. Well, all those families lived there and had big farms. You know, Leighton Carter, the Carter Farm, he's on here. And that's quite a name, Leighton Carter. It just sounds like he could be a baseball player or, you know, if I had another kid, I'd name him Leighton. I think that'd be great. (laughs) Leighton, Leighton Carter Luther. Leighton Carter Luther. What do you think, Rachel? I think... Leighton I think with Carter a name Luther. like Leighton Carter Luther, there's nothing this kid can't accomplish. Right. He could be a CEO. Cue the Barry White music. Rachel's just mm-hmm. looking at me like, hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and there was a one-room schoolhouse not too far from where you lived. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. Uh, on the northeast corner of Black Road and Boston Mills Road. Boston Mills took a jog on either side of the turnpike. Right at that point, but um, so at the the northern of the two intersections, there was a schoolhouse there. That's where uh, I don't know if you remember him. Bobby Hotchkiss lived. Oh yeah, Bobby Hotchkiss. And yeah, I think he moved. I don't know, sometime in sixth grade or seventh grade. Yeah, somewhere around there before we got to middle school, I think. Mm-hmm. So he lived there. But yeah, I, I went over his house a few times, and it definitely had the look of a old schoolhouse on the inside and you know those people now whoever own it they, they're doing some drastic changes to it you know i'm surprised places like that aren't on some sort of national registry of or some kind some sort of um uh historical society building preservation place but you know pre- preservation for what at least people are living in them well at least this one by where i used to live the one by you guys uh, it sounds like somebody's living there but some, someone's there have to put the sign up <laughs> So, hey, Matt, here's a strange way that enrollment could be boosted for Revere Schools. My Aunt Betty, in this dream that my other aunt had, she had a dream that my Aunt Betty was pregnant. And the baby came, and it turned out my mom was the grandmother of this baby. Your mom is the grandmother of your aunt's baby. So, so how would that baby be related to you then? So let's and your see. Kids? That would be uh so my aunt's baby, that would be my cousin. Aunt, that's right. It'd be first cousins, okay. Right? Well, yes. Yeah, yeah, that would be right. Or your aunt. If it was my mom's 
grandbaby. It, I could be the uncle. Uh-huh. Or maybe even the father. <laughs> oh, no. But I... Or, or you, either you or your brother. Or, yeah, I, or my sister. Who knows? <laughs> it's a dream. Anything goes. That's what makes it a dream. <laughs> right. I don't, I don't know, but, uh, so, uh, yeah, that's what's, that's what's going on in Richfield. Well, that, in that is one way to boost the population in, in, um, in the school district, but I think they might have a special class for that kid. My aunt's, uh, into her 60s, so I don't know. I mean, that woman in India who was 72 just had a baby. Uh, I don't she know did. if you've heard about that, but. No, I didn't. He had this woman in India was on in vitro fertilization for what? a couple of years. And she and her, her husband had never had a child before. And I guess there's a stigma associated with that in India. So uh, they finally, she had a baby. And it was delivered. It was four pounds, 4.4 pounds, if I'm not mistaken. And she was home with it you know a month later and the baby is there the baby was the baby was 48 when it was born <laughs> but i mean good for them i mean the husband's 78 years old and the the mother's 72 hopefully you know there's other family around if anything well, if, god forbid if, if anything nothing happens. else the, the the child won't really have to be held to be breastfed you can just crawl across the floor <laughs> The problem is, it might be like sucking on talcum powder. It just it raises a lot of questions. <laughs> it sure does. Well, Rachel has something to contribute to the conversation. Yes, bring bring it back home. If my mom gets pregnant. You could interview her on the show. Oh, if if uh, Rachel's mom gets pregnant, we could interview her on the show. They live in the Because they live in what? The Revere District. Oh, they live in the Revere District. I think. I mean, should be encouraging senior <laughs> any little bit will help, is what I say. That would, yeah, that would definitely get the senior vote in uh, on the positive side rather than the negative side. Right. I'm going to start a campaign. Make review. Put down the Geritol and pick up the. <laughs> pick up the. Yeah, Do they even make Geritol anymore? <laughs> I don't know. Hey, Matt. Yes, sir. Did you hear about this situation over in England? <laughs> what situation? Last week, there was a man buried for eight hours under 55,000 tons of cheese. Tons? 55,000 yeah. tons? That's what it says. If you're one of those people who says they can't get enough cheese, a scenario like this might be the ultimate test. A warehouse worker has been rescued after he was trapped for more than eight hours under 55,000 tons of cheese. Four and he had the worst case of constipation ever when <laughs> he was done. Finally rescued. 55,000. How do you live? How well, long was he under? So so this guy was a forklift driver. His name's Thomas Wisniewski. Wisniewski. He was feared to have died when metal shelves 18 meters high and stacked with 20-kilogram blocks of cheddar and red leister toppled over. After eight hours, however, sniffer dogs and a drone finally found him alive, and he was rescued to the cheers of his family and co-workers. 
It's a miracle he walked out, said Debbie Belcher, a daughter of the firm owner, Francis Edwards. You can feel the sense of relief here. (laughs) I bet, especially after that constipation. (laughs) Mr. Wisniewski, who is in his 30s and lives in Telford, walked free at around 6.05 p.m. This was on Friday the 6th. Not Friday the 13th. The rescue operation hour did involve 13 fire crews and deputy fire chief. Wait, did you say they had rescue dogs also? They did. Now, now if it was like my dogs, if they got anywhere near cheese, they just would have gone crazy. I'm thinking that's not the rescue animal you use when you have a whole bunch of cheese. I think what they should have done is is hired out a bunch of mice. (laughs) (laughs) Just said, go to town, boys. Deputy Fire Chief Rod Hammerton said getting to the trap man was like crawling over rubble, but rubble made of giant blocks of cheese. It, would that be a big pile of debris? <laughs> <laughs> it was cheddar. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, this poor, poor guy. <laughs> wait, 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 that doesn't really sound like an English name. No, this was a Polish national, it turns oh, out. Oh, well, that explains it. <laughs> but these shelves oh. look very rickety. <laughs> I, I just come in here to change light bulb. Because someone says, how many Polacks to change light bulb? And next thing I know, I turn left instead of right. <laughs> And all this cheese everywhere. It's raining cheese. Then goddamn mouse comes crawling up. <laughs> right to all right over there. They had to cut through an exterior wall to extract the gentleman. <laughs> but it seems like the fork, the cab of the forklift was what saved his life. Because otherwise he would have been crushed by this cheese. Oh, thank goodness for that. So they had to drill through all that cheese? Does does that mean it turned to Swiss? (laughs) Why are these goddamn mice around here? Get me out! God damn it! Thank goodness he's all right. He looks very relieved. He was taken to the hospital as a precaution and then released. So thank goodness. Thomas with a Z. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Tomas. The Z is silent. Tomas is okay, and uh, all of us over here in the states are are happy to hear it. We, you know, we don't have we don't have this this kind of stuff happen over here. We have others. We have I think we have more idiotic people. <laughs> I guess I'd go with that. <laughs> but I mean, all these great strange stories on the internet are always in England. It seems like, like the one we had a couple weeks ago. With the uh, with the nude cafe, yeah, that's true. That was in London. Uh, maybe it's just the websites I go to. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> you know that White family is from England. The one, the ones who lived over at Boston Broadview at that one room schoolhouse. Oh. So maybe my my English side is appealing to me. So what what are you guys then? You're English. That's the Whites are English. Yeah, and the, the... Luthers are Swiss. The Luthers are Swiss? Except it was Luder, L-U-D-E-R, until uh, my great-grandfather decided to change the name. So he probably knew some of the, your great-grandfather. Well, uh, obviously he knew, uh, was it Eva White? 
he would have my great grand my great great grandfather changed the name. I'm sorry, did I say great grandfather? Oh, okay. My great great grandfather changed it. Uh, he was nine. Either. Yeah, I think he was nine years old when he came over from Switzerland. And he, after he was old enough, he changed it because Luder in German means damned wretch. <laughs> and he didn't want to be known as damned wretch. So he and I believe three of his siblings out of the nine changed their name to Luther. And the other five left it as Luder and moved to Kansas. <laughs> <laughs> and out there. <laughs> out there. All- all kinds We're the of kings and queens of Kansas. All kinds of crazy things happen, and that's for another podcast. I have a whole family history that is very interesting. <laughs> well, the, the folks out there are just going to have to wait and tune in for a later episode to catch up with that. Yeah, and I've been in touch with uh, some of them, and uh, the looters. Yeah, and they were kind enough to send me some some family history of of the Kansas looters, and uh, actually a photograph of the gravesite where. My great 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 grandfather and grandmother are buried in so, Kansas. Yeah, because they one of the siblings moved out there and wrote home to say how great it was in Kansas, and everyone else followed them, including the parents. So my great 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 grandfather, who who brought the family over from Switzerland, moved out there too. And uh, my great great grandfather did go out there and to, just to help get his father out there his parents out there and then he came back thank goodness or else there would be no south richfield podcast it's amazing how it's all connected oh i saw mike today mike Alexander. oh did you yeah how's, how's everything there in wooster everything's great down in wooster with with mike and kiki we went for mexican <laughs> <laughs> it was a soccer tournament that took you down there just a regular soccer game Against, oh, a soccer uh, game! Wow. Against the Wooster kids, one-one. It was snowing a little. It wasn't that crazy. Wow. So, Jack had a soccer game yesterday, and it was I, at the end of the game. It was just some crazy weather. If the sun was shining, it was actually hot. But then, for the most part, it was covered up, uh, overcast. And then we had a mix of rain, and then we had, at the end we had ice pellets coming down. Yeah, and was it windy? Oh yeah. Very windy. Yeah. So so much so that uh, you know these are J- Jack's group is four through six grade and um, s- some of the kids are very slight and they were getting blown <laughs> all over the place. They kick the ball and you know it's a fourth grader kicking the ball and it would go like three feet, you know, because the wind was blowing so hard. I can't believe we had to drive to Wooster. Hell, I ain't getting in no car and driving to no freaking Wooster. <laughs> Wooster? Where the hell is Wooster? What was what was their team name? Were they the Wooster Rooster? <laughs> is the parents club called the Wooster Rooster Soccer Boosters? <laughs> they were, they just had yellow uniforms. I don't know what their oh. nickname was. <laughs> they were the pandas. Aren't they? Know. Aren't they the generals or something like that? I don't remember. The Wooster oh, Scots. The I the Scots. <laughs> isn't the College of Wooster? Isn't their name the Scots? Yes, you're right. They are the Scots. Fighting Scots. You know, I've, I've heard, I don't know if this is true, but if your kid can play the bagpipes, he or she can go to Wooster. Wooster is how it's supposed to be pronounced. He can go to Wooster. I'll say it incorrectly just to rub it in. Uh, they can go to Wooster College for free if they can play the bagpipes. Are you serious? That's the rumor about town. 
Uh, I'm not sure if that's the case, uh, but uh, for real, all I know is I got my information from an old Scotsman who said, if you can blow me big, you can go for free. So maybe I'm kind of thinking there's more to it than there was. No, I've heard that in a couple different situations. You know, maybe I heard it in a couple different scenarios because I've told it in a couple different scenarios. So maybe I'm making something up and just yeah. telling lots of different people. You know a lot of people from Worcester. <laughs> I'm spreading my own rumor. Yeah, I do. Yeah, there's Mike, Alexander, Rich Brown, and uh, hmm. <laughs> I, I guess I don't know a lot of people from our Worcester. Two, our two old college roommates. That's it. Well, that brings us to the end of episode four of the South Richfield podcast. Again, our apologies to all four of our fans out there about the technical difficulties that we had early and the delay in getting this out. And again, uh, our thanks also to Ward Freeman and his kids for that introduction. Our apologies to Eric Moore. Sorry, Eric, we went long again. We'll try to get you on next time. And don't forget, you can always subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. If you do enjoy the podcast, leave us a review just like Frat Row 3, whoever that is, thanks for the great review. You can visit, visit us on Twitter at South Richfield or send us ideas for future episodes at southrichfield at gmail.com. So, again, from Matt Coma, this is Scott Luther signing off. We'll talk to you again next week. Cock-a-doodle-doo!